0: This is Elisa MacArthur coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm really excited to have Don Gelestino, the president of the National Association of Contractors, of which I'm the executive director, online with me today to talk about some things. Don is the president also of Champion Elevator in the city of New York, right in Manhattan, and has had lots of interesting experience with COVID-19. So I'd really like to start out by having Don talk to us a little bit before he gets too much into detail about that, some info about his company. Don.
1: Talk to us. Hey, good morning, Elisa. Um, Just like most people today, I'm actually working from home, uh, taking advantage of just, um, you know, a little bit of casual time around the house, but also pounding the pavement. Uh, Most days we're in Manhattan, um, walking through Times Square, usually, um, probably one of the only few people in the city. And um, with the environment we're in, you know, it's uh, definitely interesting. Um, Champion Elevator is a full-service elevator company. Uh, we have 156 employees and we're running full staff. We actually didn't let anyone go uh, through this, um, these times where jobs were shut down. We uh, deployed those people onto maintenance jobs and, you know, even gave our customers a little extra special attention. So uh, the elevators are running a little better. Because as everyone knows, if you're stuck in an elevator, number one, that's uncomfortable. If you're stuck in an elevator with somebody and they sneeze, that's a little uncomfortable. When you're stuck in someone with an elevator and they sneeze during COVID-19, the elevator man better get there fast. So that's been our, uh, that's been our mantra just to keep our people around the jobs and um, working as safe as possible just like all of our competitors and our other elevator family around the world. I mean, that's what you have to do right now.
0: That's really interesting, Don, that you made those comments about being alone in an elevator during COVID-19 and someone sneezes. That's a really good point. I, I know that you and I in the past have talked about, and I've been to visit you up in New York, and I know that you're already a very highly reactive business. I know that you have vans that you deploy all over the city and you're able to really get to a lot of places fast. So it doesn't surprise me. And it's really interesting your take on it and how to be reactive in this world. I know
1: you customers. Yeah. Yeah. Customers in general always want prompt service. You know, every time you go to a bid or a walkthrough or even you shake someone's hand or in the old days, shake someone's hand, You know, they'd say, how long is your response time? And, you know, listen, the the average is two hours. You know, Uh, if you can cut that down, that's great. And entrapment, usually 45 minutes. I'm telling you, nowadays, we have to be at, at, like, you know, they want prompt. And, you know, we're trying to cut that 45 minutes down to 15 minutes, 20 minutes by um, keeping people closer to the jobs because nobody wants to be stuck in the elevator now. It might be the new norm, but it's definitely uh, just scheduling the game now is uh, really has taken the forefront of the business.
0: That's very interesting, and I certainly understand it, especially your your comments about the entrapment issues, that's for sure. That actually leads me into thinking about something that a person mentioned to me the other day, and I'm, I'm just jumping around a little bit now, but... I had a hotelier call me recently. I know that we're all aware that um, we also have large events. The NAEC has a spring conference, and annual convention. So I have a lot of friends in the hotel business. And one of them um, who works for Alhi, the Associated Luxury Hotels, called and was asking me some questions about the riding public and about what they should do as a business as they start to reopen their hotels and how to be proactive and assure people that they're doing the right thing However, they're not even sure themselves what the right thing is. So I kind of want to talk about that just a little bit. And I know that's jumping around, but you and I have also done some recent work together on putting together some safety tips, some really important safety tips for the mechanics, because we know that not only do they have to keep the elevator safe for the public, but they also have to keep themselves safe. So can you compare and contrast that a little bit and just share some tips that you might think would be helpful for them, like maybe, How many people should be on an elevator together? How should they keep them sanitized? Um, Should people wear masks? Just things like that. What ideas do you have, Don?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a funny thing because New York and all the big cities, you know, people are, you know, they want to get where they have to go and they don't care. I mean, you know, you get into an elevator sometimes, literally, if you don't hold your breath, the next guy can't get in. That's how tight it is. So I... I think that just by default, I think a lot of people are going to volunteer to say, I'll wait for the next one. But um, I do think, again, different capacity elevators, if you got a small 1800 pound little elevator, I really got to tell you, maybe four people the most, meanwhile, the capacity may say 1800 pounds or six people. I think, you know, every everything should be cut down. Um, again, I don't think buildings are going to kind of police that unless they start putting like actually like a doorman, like a concierge in the lobby and actually saying, all right, four people in this elevator, four people in that elevator. So I think it's going to have to be a judgment call on people and their comfort zone, because maybe if I have a mask or I'm, I don't have a mask, maybe I'm comfortable with 10 people in an elevator, but maybe the guy next to me wants to go up by himself. So I think that people have to use their own best judgment and probably through time, like everything else, they say, you know, time heals all wounds. But I think that, you know, in in the beginning, maybe only four people get on an elevator that can handle 12. And after a year, it'll be six people after, Two years, it'll be 12 people, and then I hate to say it, we'll be back to normal where 16 people are trying to cram into a 12-person uh, elevator. So, you know, we just have to, you know, ease with caution as we, you know, go go forward because this, this I think, woke up a lot of people. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in the trenches. I take the trains and the subways every day. You know, I still go in. You know, at least three, three, four days a week and the days that you start seeing the homeless people wearing face masks. So when a homeless person becomes a germaphobe, you can imagine how the germaphobe is going to end up reacting to, you know, getting in an elevator with someone. I'm telling you, sneezing on an elevator I never thought it was anything more than just a little bit of an uncomfortable thing for everybody in the elevator. Now it could be like ah, people jumping out at the next floor that it stops at. You don't know.
0: Those are really good points, Don, and I'm trying hard not to laugh out loud so the camera would stay on you because it's I know. Not- but it's, it's just a new, it goes back to your point. It's a new norm now and we've all got to figure out how to make it work. But I dare say you're right. In a couple of years time, I can see where the world might pretty much be back where it was for the most part. So, especially in a place like New York where that is the norm to just fill up an elevator to its capacity and keep moving along. So let's talk a little bit about the cleaning aspect. I know that we talked about cleaning solutions and proper ways for your technicians to clean elevators what would you recommend for hotels as they're just continuing to use them
1: yeah so so there's some products that we've actually found where you know you could spray on and you know you know you have the very basic stuff like lysol wipes and little things like that that you know work a little bit then we found some some other stuff that um you know, last supposed to last for 90 days or 60 days. We found um elevator, I mean, escalator handrail cleaning devices that um go on to um you know um admit um you know uh lighting to um cut down on germs. But the reality is, you put all those products in and put those products on, really, the second somebody touches that, it almost it's almost like voids the warranty, let's say. So really it's mostly I hate to say it like a placebo effect. They see somebody spraying, they see somebody doing I mean, listen, are you doing something? Absolutely. But how long does that last and until someone hits a button, does it um is it not good anymore? You know, three people get on, two people have it, and um, you know, that could be the uh the end of it. So uh, one of the things that we're looking into is um, hologram technology, where we could actually mount um, a device that actually, you know, projects a hologram of the buttons, and then you kind of just touch where you want to go in this ho- hologram world. Um, we're at the beginning of the stages of it. We're working. Actually, Vantage is also working on it with us, and. Hey, that could be a new norm. You never know. People don't like to touch buttons or they're going to touch as little of everything as possible. Like, how do you get on an escalator when you say safely riding an escalator is holding on to a handrail, but don't touch the handrail, you might get sick. So, you know, you could just, you could do the best you can do. I mean, you know, it's a strange situation.
0: You bring up really good points, Don. It it goes to to kind of reiterate and recap just real quickly. It goes back to the comments that you made first about when you touch it, it's no longer sanitary. I remember some of those similar conversations that you had when we were figuring out the safety tips for the elevator mechanics, and that as they wore their gloves, once they touched things or, or themselves, and they had to change it. Same thing with the mask touching them is kind of making them non sanitary. So, the interesting point that you brought up about the holographic effects of not really touching it might be a might be sort of a new norm. I know you and I both saw that last year for the first time when we were I believe in Germany and that could be some very interesting new technology that suddenly is needed more than ever. So who knows but that's really really interesting stuff and I really appreciate your time today with this Don. Thanks so much for being on the show and it's going to be fun working forward with you in the future on all these things as they come to pass and as well as our trade show this fall.
1: Yeah, likewise, Elisa, and believe me, I can't wait to uh, see everybody at United, and, you know, fingers crossed that we're actually going to do that live versus virtual, but in either event, it's going to be a great event, so I look forward to seeing everybody. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Don. Really appreciate your time.